0: What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men's Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray. This is a podcast about generational wealth, finance, and business. But before we introduce today's guest, my brother, Eric, who do you have for our Black Men's Sunday spotlight?
1: Hey, Corey. Hey, thanks for the intro, man. Hey, I got a, anybody remember back in the day, uh, we had a character on television named Doogie Howser. I remember that back in the 90s? But anyway, if you don't, this person needs to move over. Doogie Hauser, for instance. You know, I got a real life team that's tapping at the next American medical phenomenon. Now, after graduating from high school last year, this young um, uh, baby girl who is named Alina Wicker has just been accepted into medical school. And you know what? old girl is only 13 years old. Now, Wicker, who is currently a junior, studying at two universities, one is Arizona State, and the other is Oakwood University, which is here in Huntsville, Alabama, has been accepted to, university, to the University of Alabama School of Medicine for 2024. And after getting her admission letter, Wicker took to social media to express her excitement. And this is what she says, quoting her, Today, I'm just grateful. I just graduated from last from high school last year at 12 years old. And here I am, one year later, I've been accepted to med school at 13. And she wrote this on, she posted this on Instagram. I'm a junior in college. Statistics would have said I would never have made it. A little black girl adopted from Fatona, California, but I worked so hard to reach my goals and to live my dreams. And that is today's spotlight miss selena wicker 13 years old going into medical school
0: yeah you just had to mention somebody from hunt vegas
1: huh absolutely man you know Huntsville got it going on man number one hey and i gotta put this plug in real quick this is the number one city to live in in the country the number one not number two there you go. not number three but number one i hear
0: you man you know that was a powerful black Men sunday spotlight This is my man eric we do it every sunday even though black history month is over black Men sunday spotlight lives on throughout the year now let's go on and introduce our guest this brother here is a certified a certified financial planner this brother owns the tomes financial group i didn't say he works there i said he owns it this brother's a game changer on top of that let be or the letters on his stock exchange. Y'all are like, what is that? It's the first that I've seen Black-owned AI-powered ETF. We're gonna get into all that. My man, Mario Payne. Welcome to Black Man Sunders, brother. How you doing?
2: What's going on? What's going on, man? i ha- happy to be here.
0: Now, Brother Payne, we gotta get this party started, man. You're a certified financial planner. You're the Tomes Financial Group owner. You know because the way i met you you know it's, it's interesting um a facebook post popped up on my facebook my wife said sure that's not spam i said <laughs> well let me let me respond back i think it was your assistant
2: yeah that, sister, yeah
0: that said that yeah she said that she uh listens to black men sundays and she thought you would be a great speaker so fellas when i say the spider web effect this is it his assistant reached out listens to the show and here he is on Black Men's Sundays. So let's get into it, man. You're a financial planner. Mm -hmm. You're the owner of the Tom's Financial Group. How did you get that started? What made you wanna go into being a financial planner in the beginning? You want the long story or the short story? Uh, Give me the Black Men's Sunday
2: story. (laughs) The keep it real story. All right, so uh, I graduated from from Tennessee State, so I'm born and raised in Cincinnati. I graduated from Tennessee State, so definitely support our HBCUs. Definitely. Um, when I graduated from Tennessee State, um, I was in an internship program called En-ROADS when I was in college. So when I graduated, uh, the internship company I was with was General Electric. So they hired me, uh, which was great. So they hired me. I was a, a manager of like a call center, and then uh, I did financial uh, analytics work for them as well. So uh, so they had me a task to kind of save money to cost and like h- how to find ways to basically cut costs in the call center, right? So uh, it was about a six month project. Um, I saved them when, when, I, when it came to everything, they did a whole analysis, they implemented my plan. It saved them about $4 million. So um, when I saved them $4 million, you know, you would think I would get something, right? I was making about 50 grand a year. Now right out of college, that was still great. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity. But man, do you know, Uh, saving them $4 million. They gave me a pizza party. (laughs) Literally. And you think about in 2006, $4 million with inflation is like dang near $20 million today. Right. And I got a pizza and I don't even like pizza. I don't even like pizza like that. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, what? It gotta be a better way. So, so from then I was like, man, how can I find a way to, to uh, analyze companies Um, you know, find ways to make money through a company, but then get the money and then help people doing it. So I grew financial advisor. And then I just went through the process of trying to get hired. Um, I interviewed with about six or seven different companies. Six said no. One said yes. So in 2007, um, I got hired at a firm called Edward Jones. I did that for about six years. But over that course of time, it's like, OK, um, I'm bringing y'all money. You know, Edward Jones is dead. So people come to Edward Jones because of me, not Edward Jones. But you guys are getting a significant cut. Like for every $100 uh, that I made, uh, they kept $60 and I kept $40. But I'm doing all the work. It makes no sense. So basically 2013, um, after kind of, you know, having a nice book of business, having a nice size amount of clients, I was like, I'm going to do it myself. So my uh, secretary who's was working at the time, she came with me and I started my own firm. Uh, and basically, the, the rest is history. Now, before then, I became a certified financial planner in 2012, just to uh, kind of have that, uh, just to have those letters behind my name in the uh, advisory community. Uh, less than 10% of advisors are certified financial planners, In our community, African Americans, less than 1% are certified financial planners. So, so uh, that would definitely uh, help me from an advantage standpoint for if if African American. One person that was certified; they can use me. And then since 2013, I've been rocking and rolling. Uh, we have, um, you know, over a thousand clients worldwide. Have clients in uh, six different countries, and I'm just just extremely blessed, man. I'm SEC registered. Y'all can Google that to see what that means. It means you you, you manage, you know, um, a certain amount of assets was a lot, and I'm just extremely blessed, man. Extremely blessed.
0: You have a black-owned AI-powered ETF. Talk about what that is and just the planning that was involved in setting that up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was a long process, man. So, uh, so that's through a company I co-owned called, uh, called let Bob. Um, so I can't take all the credit for that at all. So I'm definitely an investor, but you know, but the person who's the brains behind that operation is my business partner, Anthony, um, which is just a great resource. Uh, he's from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, actually. So he's Alabama, uh, graduated from FAMU. He went to Alabama and then, but graduated from, uh, from family. So definitely support our HBCUs. But yeah, um, I would say, um, Basically, 2019. Uh, so we, uh, you know, we linked up, and I invested in the company in 2017. But in 2019, we had epiphany. You know what I'm saying? So we was using technology that's proprietary in my practice, where as easy as it is, we're able to identify what a stock is going to do before it does it. So we're able to kind of buy stock before it goes up and sell a stock before it has significant losses. You know, clients were just making money. So we're like, man, you know, we have clients making money again through to my practice. I manage. Uh, hundreds of million dollars of assets. It's like you know, what if we start our own fund? So we kind of went through the process, talking to uh, to individuals who have funds, talking to people who started funds, kind of going through that process had a lot of doors shut in our face, a lot of no's. I mean, I mean it's the first black. So a lot of, how y'all going to do that? H- how y'all have the assets to do that? Do you know how much it is to manage? You know, uh, what credential do you have? Now I have my own RA firm, so I'm SEC registered. So I'm not like a regular financial advisor. I'm actually registered with the Securities Exchange Commission. So I'm a little bit different, you know what I'm saying? Um, they didn't know that at the time, but just kind of grinding, man. Uh, we finally had a person say yes. Uh, we went through the registration process, which is very, very tedious. Um, and then, yeah, we wanted to wait until uh, Black History Month. So we, uh, so we definitely launched it this year uh, in February, and, and the rest is history. Um, and then, from a performance standpoint, you think about the market, it's crazy this year on a downtrend, right? The market's down, but our, our fund is doing a lot better. Uh, as of Friday, the market is down about 25%. Our fund is down like 6%. So you got 100 grand. If you're in the market, you lost 25,000. What else? You lost 6,000. So that's the good part, preserving your capital. The best parts when the market goes back up. When the market goes back up, everybody's making their money back. You making money. So just, just extremely happy and uh, for our fun, extremely happy for, uh, for the Bob team. we basically doing everything and kind of let me use my little expertise to help. And uh, we're just rocking and rolling, man. Rocking and rolling.
0: So let's um, talk about Let Bob, because you said you put it up Black History mom. Why should Black people invest with you? Yeah,
2: well, so first and foremost, because we believe what we got going on, you're going to do better than the market, right? So just purely, if I wasn't Black, which I am, Black and I'm proud, um, how we invest individuals' money, uh, the technology we have around, our fund, what we do, you know, we have things proven that we, you know, significantly beat what the market does. So if a person wants to invest their money don't really want to worry about the ups and downs of the market on a day-to-day basis, what the market's doing. Is it going up? Is it going down? You know, you're able to be in something where you can just put it in, set it and forget it. So that's just one performance standpoint, not even black, white or other, but African-American. Yes. Again, we are the first and only black owned um, ETF that's ai powered on the market. So, um, so when you think about ownership, right, wall street, 99.9% of wall street is white ownership, right? Um, we are now in the game, right? So so we have ownership. Not only that, which we'll talk about during the conversation, we're now opening up that ownership to other people. Because of the process we went through to create our own ETF, we created an ETF company. So any financial advisor, any influencer, uh, any endowment like FAMU or Tennessee State where I graduated from, if they want ownership, they want their own fund on the market, we can do that for them and, and have them go through the whole process. So instead of going through a three-year process like we did, they, it could be done in 90 days and they have ownership of it. Um, so just imagine FAMU, right? So if, if it was an ETF called FAMU and all the alumni, all the students, all the, the, the parents of students that went there, invested in it, they're making money in the market. Right? But then from an endowment standpoint, the endowment's growing because it's invested properly. Like, you know how much power that is? You know, um, we all have endowments and I'm actually um, on the uh, Tennessee State Foundation board. So I know, you know, how endowments work. Like it's um, it's not transparent though. Like, you know, if we donate to our college we don't know where it's going to. We don't know how they're investing the money. We might get a, a email blurb here or there at Tennessee State. We get an alumni magazine on a month to month basis but it's not transparent. But if it's transparent, if you know what's invested in, you know how much is growing, you're going to want to invest more, which is great for the university. So um, so, yeah. So so just, but besides the form performance, it's just uh, like like I said, what we do um, and ha- how how we're doing it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really why
0: there's brothers out there that say, man, the stock markets legalized gambling. I don't believe in it. Look how much money people lost. We're in a bear market look how much money people lost on Bitcoin and the uh, cryptocurrencies. Why should brothers believe in the stock market first? And why should they invest in the stock market?
2: Yeah. Great question. Wealth. If you want to be wealthy and you want to make money, you want to invest in the stock market. Uh, And I do real estate, so I'm not anti-real estate, but statistics show the stock market does better than real estate. Um, Over time, if you invest in the stock market and close your eyes, as long as you invest in a junk company, that's why you want to be diversified, or just buy a let be. Uh, but um, that builds wealth. Putting your money in a bank account ain't gonna build wealth. Putting all your money in Bitcoin, and I, I'm not anti Bitcoin. I own Bitcoin myself, five percent, because you want to be diversified, right? Um, but Bitcoin ain't gonna do it for you. It's the stock market. Wealth is built on the stock market. Ninety percent of uh, millionaires have more than 80% of the money in the stock market. So if you want to be a millionaire and you want to have generational wealth, you want to do what everybody else is doing. Um, so so yeah, from a losing standpoint, yes, this year is bad. Um, from January to the end of June, it was the first of the worst six months since the 1950s, right? It's like an anomaly. It doesn't always happen like this. Uh, I tell my clients, I tell everybody, every year on average, the market goes down four months, it goes up eight months. So you're going to have four bad months. You're going to have eight good months. But if I have eight good months and four bad months every single year for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, am I making money or am I losing? I'm making money. It's a law of averages, right? So um, you're not investing, you're just killing yourself. And we know what's going on with inflation. We can all feel it, right? Uh, $100 in the grocery store is now $109. Well, if I got $100 in the bank account and I didn't have it invested, now it's $100. Guess what? I'm losing $9. It's going to cost me $9 to take that out of my bank account to pay that same bill. So I don't got $100 in the bank account anymore. Now I got $91. You're losing money. So you got to keep up with inflation. But you know, on a day-to-day basis, you might make money, might make lose money, but three years, five years, ten years from now, just doing a regular S and P five hundred fund, you're good. If you do let be, you'll be great. So, um, so yeah, man, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't invest. Shooting yourself in the foot, just like on, you know, um, uh, what's that movie, y'all? Uh, Harlem Nights. And they got shot in the big toe. You're shooting yourself in the big toe. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that.
0: So you're a financial planner. We've had financial advisors on the line. We've had accountants on the line. We've had CEOs on the line like yourself. Just talk to the brothers out there. Just tell us the services that a a certified financial uh, planner provides.
2: Yeah, great question. So nothing against like an insurance agent or financial advisor. I was a financial advisor at one time. To become a certified financial planner, you have to be a financial advisor, right? So a certified financial planner, you have to have a certain amount of years in the industry. Uh, You have to manage a certain amount of money. Uh, It's a certification process that's involved. Uh, That certification process takes anywhere between two to four years, depending on how quick it takes you to kind of go through the coursework. Uh, I got my everything, my certification, my coursework done through the College of Financial Planning, and then I test it, of course. But a certified financial planner basically is a a state attorney. It's a financial advisor. It's an insurance agent. It's a um, CPA. Uh, What's the fifth? Stumble yourself, Mario. Uh, so a, C- a CPA, financial advisor, retirement planner, um, financial advisor, and insurance agent, and five. So, so basically, those kind of five pillars wrap up all into a certified certified financial planner.
0: Great. Okay. Because I know a lot of brothers sit back. well, oh, I know what they do, but they probably think you something in between a financial advisor and an accountant. But I didn't realize it was all that entailed. So, see, guys. Yeah. When you ask the dumb question, it's not really dumb. Now you learn something. All right, fellas, the stage is open. Let's go.
2: And, and so to, to clarify, because we get that all all the time with uh with like a CPA. Like so, I have a CPA. I have clients that are CPAs. Um, uh, I don't file taxes. So uh, most certified financial planners, especially if they're rock and roller like me, they don't file taxes. But basically, from a tax standpoint, a tax strategy standpoint, a CFP you know can kind of build that strategy. Now, a great CFP. Uh, certified financial planners looking after your best interest, he or she is still going to refer you to a tax uh, preparer or a CPA uh, to, to make sure everything is on point, right? They're not going to say, let's use this strategy and my way is the highway. Um, you know, they definitely are going, they should refer you. So again, I, I have uh, clients that are CPAs, you know, we do tax strategies all the time, but we still want them to talk to a CPA just to make sure it's on the up and up. But, uh, but, but yeah.
3: Hey, what's up, Mr. Payne? How are you doing? This is commissioner Scott.
2: Uh oh, the commissioner. It's just Mario. It's just Mario. It's
3: just Mario. I uh, got a couple of questions. Uh, first one, because we use the term ETF a lot. Uh, yeah. Could you explain to the, the listeners what exactly is the ETF? And then the second question is, what is an AI ETF? And How is that better than a non-AI ETF?
2: Oh uh, man, great! The commissioner with the questions, I like it. All right. So first off, an ETF. An ETF stands for exchange traded fund, right? So you think about a mutual fund. So a mutual fund by itself is not sold on the stock market. Um, it's it's on like secondary market, so it's not as liquid. So think about an ETF as a mutual fund sold on the stock market. Meaning, you know, when you sell it, it's liquid. You can get your money back right then and there then also from a cost standpoint, the internals of an ETF is a lot. Well, I'm going to say always, but in most cases, um, ETFs from an internal cost standpoint is not as costly as a mutual fund. So it's diversified. So you think about a pool of investments. You think about a swimming pool, you got 30 swimmers, right? You might have 25 good swimmers and five people that's just drowning all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so, uh, an ETF, you're diversified because if 25 swimmers are doing good and five swimmers are doing bad, theoretically speaking, you're making money because you have more good than bad. From a management standpoint, if you have an ETF manager who's managing and is the lifeguard taking those five bad swimmers out that pool, then you're always going to be consistently making money, right? So that's, that's what an ETF is, Um the uh, AI. So AI means artificial intelligence, right? And this is very, very key from an automation standpoint. Now, automation is not my department. I know that I manage money. Again, the Let Bob team has done done a great job creating things that allows the automation to happen. But um, because of everything being automated, because what we have done is automated, because the automation, the technology we have in place, we're able to uh, basically predict when something is gonna go up from an investment standpoint and when something is going to go down. So if we're able to predict it before it happens, then that means we get out at a higher price. The whole thought process of investing is selling high and buying low. So if we're able to get you out before an investment goes down, and on the flip side, get you back in while it's down before it goes back up, you're not losing money on the upside, and you're making money on the downside when it goes back up um so when we say ai, AI that's artificial intelligence and that's tech and uh and tech is the future and, and if, if people aren't in the tech using tech to their advantage they are missing the ball
3: so with the ai it's kind of like you've always got uh, intelligence so to speak letting you know when you should get in and when, when you should get out right so uh you can't really lose like that right
2: well, as a certified financial planner, of course, we can't guarantee anything when it comes to the stock market, right? And then, of course, uh, past performance does not guarantee future results, right? We're well, always going to use that disclaimer. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's our hope. Now, of course, nobody gets it right 100% of the time, right? Anytime a person invests money, we don't know what the market's going to do on a day-to-day basis, month-to-month basis. But we do have things in place that, that allows us to be pretty consistent. And if you're consistent and you're consistently beating the market, then, uh, then, you know, um, and then from a risk standpoint as well, you know, um, if we're out of something before it has the possibility of going down, that's going to help. So if we're able to kind of eliminate or reduce risk and still give you the performance, that's the name of the game, any investor, one of the reasons why they don't want to invest because it's going to lose money. Right. So if we're able to reduce that risk and still have you make money, we in the game, we are in the game. So, uh, so yeah.
3: Yeah, when I heard you talking about it, you know, from an engineering perspective, first thing I was thinking is, oh, they've given free risk analysis with their prediction. So uh, I definitely want to check it out. Your company is Let Bob. What's the website?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our symbol in the market is Let, Be, so L-E-T B. So L E T B Um yeah. Again, we we might get to it later with our um, uh, with our ETF platform. We have and also our uh, investment app that that we have as well. Um, but uh, our ETF platform. Is let bob, so L-E-T-B-O-B ETFs. So echo, tango, frank, Sam, letbob etfs.com. Uh, that goes over our, our ETF platform if somebody wants to launch an ETF. Uh, and then our um, our investment platform is uh, is letbob.com. So www.letbob.com. You'll see uh, the bio of our CEO Anthony. I call Anthony our Steve Jobs, uh, hmm. like like literally what he got going on. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy what, what's, what's going to be happening from a Let Bob standpoint and what he got going on. It's just amazing. Just blessed to be around him and the rest of the Let, Let Bob team. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, so LetBob.com or letbobetfs.com and then the symbol that's on the stock market is Let B, L-E-T-B as in boy. Just Google Let B. It's fact sheets. It, it shows you this year how the market, you know, has been crazy, how we've been in cash most of the year. So think about it. You can't lose money in the market when you're not invested. So uh, so over the course of March, April, May, June, July, you know, we're mostly in cash and everybody else is losing money. That tells you what you need to know right there.
3: I appreciate that. Thanks. Hey, this is Commissioner Scott from Atlanta, Georgia in the United States. Uh, my next question is, how has your involvement with Dave Smart SmartVestors prepared you to be an even more effective financial planner for your clients? That's a good question. We ain't talk about
2: Dave Ramsey, man. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm a Dave Ramsey smart investor. So of course, Dave Ramsey is known in the financial literacy space. Uh, you know, what, what he does from like a budgeting, getting out of debt standpoint. I mean, you, I mean, he is who he is. Like any time you close your eyes thinking about budgeting, he's one of the first people, if not the only person you think about. So, um, so basically, um, his team reached out to me back in 2018 and said, hey, you know, uh, we see what you got going on. Um, you know, would you like to be a Dave Ramsey smart Vester? And I was like, okay, so what is that? So that basically means that he endorses me. So I had to go through an interview process uh, that they, they had to basically kind of look up my, uh, my U4, which is like a financial advisor report card. So ain't nobody sued me. Ain't nobody, you know, Mario lost all my money, you know, over 15 years, ain't none of that going on. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so I went through a couple of interviews and then uh, they said, yeah. So, um, so here in Jacksonville where I, now, of course I have clients and. In forty different states, and since I'm Securities Exchange Commission's license, I got clients all over the place. So it doesn't matter where you're at if you want us to help. You know, we definitely can. But here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm located, um, they they have ten uh, Dave Ramsey endorsed financial advisors. I'm, of course, I'm the only African American one. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So through his, his philosophy, you know, um, as we talk to clients, you know, we talk about getting out of debt. You know, we talk about um, helping them with their credit. Um, I actually hired uh, a financial coach, like actually who, who works, you know, for us. She just does financial coaching. So if a person is not there yet from an investment standpoint, but they need help, you know, we have a resource in my office that will walk them through their budget, walk them through getting out of debt, walk them through beefing up their savings account so they can get into a point of investing. So again, when it comes to helping our community, you know, um, my firm, Tones Financial, is helping our community even when it comes to not even investing your money, just getting you out of debt and putting you to a point where you can start investing. So so yeah, and uh, and that definitely um from a validity standpoint helps too. You know, saying if I'm I don't even talk about it that much because it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, I'm a david smart guy. Like he endorses me. Like if you go to his website and you type in Jacksonville, you see me smiling. So so uh, so
3: yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks.
4: Is the African American?
3: Yeah, yeah. How, how you
4: guys doing? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm an African American here in Jacksonville. You are you, uh, so a, been, you a CPA? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a CPA candidate. Yeah, I'm actually in the process of um, passing the exam, so you know, I've uh, you know, I'm halfway there, so I'm almost there. But yeah, pretty much that's the route that I'm on. So
2: yeah, now you need to uh, you need to hit me up, man. I, I, definitely, I always love to help my people. So
4: uh, so you need to hit me up. Okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah, so I've been t- taking everything you, that you've uh, been putting out there and everything. So I'm definitely in the process of trying to diversify uh, my portfolio and everything. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, reach out to you. Obviously, I get you know my contact information from you, you know today or whatever before the before the session ends and everything. But uh, but definitely, I kind of want to get your perspective on where you think the market is going right now. Obviously, kind of get your idea of what you think is going to happen within the next you know six months. So and how do you think everything's going to bounce back, or do you think you know we're going to still pretty much uh, be in the same trajectory that we've had the past few months?
2: Yeah, yeah, great question. And I always preface the market by uh, nobody knows but God the future. So you listen to me, you listen to people on. All the news channels that you see, they don't know, right? So we'll all make an educated guess. So I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I think. I'm gonna tell you what's going on historically, but you know, I might be wrong. And I'm just being as transparent as possible, right? Gotta keep it real though. So um, so the past six months, the market has again had its worst six months uh since uh since the 50s. So just crazy. Um, but until then, we had we had a heck of a ride. I mean, we've been in a secular bull market, a bull market is when the market is going up. Right? So you think about a bull, ugh, they, raise, they raise their head and get you. Think about a bear, ugh, it claws down. Right, So we think about a bull market, it means it's going up. We've been in a bull market really for 12 years. So this was bound to happen. Uh, in the year 2020, it happened for two months. And then we had quantitative easing where the federal government just pumps money into the system. Everybody got those PPP loans. Some people went to Gucci and Louis. Some people went to the stock market. Right. So that uh, so this was going to happen in 2020, if not for, you know, the federal government pumping money to the system. So I say that to say, um, as of uh, this year, it looks like we hit our bottom the second week of June. Right. Since June, I think the 13th or 14th, the market has been up. The market kind of retested itself where it almost went down below that that down mark, but it didn't happen. So if that's the case, then we have hit our bottom. Right, our bottom happened on June thirteenth. So, um, if things hold true like it has been holding true, uh, the worst has already happened. So, you think about a hundred dollars. I had a hundred dollars, and now I went from a hundred to sixty. I've lost forty dollars. Even if it goes down by five dollars, the worst has happened. I already lost forty dollars. If I lose five, I lost five more, but I ain't lose forty more, right? So, if you think of it that way, the worst has happened. When is it gonna go back up? Again, nobody knows for God the future. Historically speaking, though, uh, when something this dramatic happens, you're looking at 12 to 18 months. So if it's at the end of next year where the market gets back to where it was, okay, that's basically two years of the market not doing anything. Right. So if I got one hundred dollars, it goes down to 60. And then December 31 of 2023 goes back up to one hundred. I'm back even. Right, so if you look at it that way, two years I ain't losing no money. The previous six years I made money. I'm cool with that. As a new investor, though, this is the best time to invest, even if it goes down a little bit more, because you're able to buy something that literally, uh, back in October, for the Nasdaq standpoint, it was worth a hundred dollars. Now it's worth sixty. So if I buy something at sixty, uh, it being down by forty percent means I get a sixty-five percent gain. So if I today, if I sold something at a hundred. That's why I let Bob is what it's doing. But if I sold something at a hundred dollars and now that hundred dollar investment is worth $60, right? That same hundred dollars I invest in when it goes back up to a hundred, my hundred dollars is now $165. I'd have made 65%. It takes the market on average makes about 10% a year. So I basically did in one year what it takes the market to do in six years. So if we look at it like that, this is the best time to invest. Even if it goes down a little bit, you're able to buy something at such a deep discount. I mean, um, so yeah, so I would not be afraid of the market. I would say invest. Investing today, you'll get in at a better price than what you did uh six months, nine months ago. But uh, but you should not be scared. Um, and even if it does go down a little bit in the in the next year, especially going into 2024 you would have major money back and then some, and you'd be a very, very happy person. It's like a house. And it's, it's crazy. I'm rambling, but you know I'm transparent. It's crazy in our community though. We look at stocks way different than we look at a house. If you look across the street and it's a house in January that was worth a hundred thousand dollars. And that same house today is worth $60,000. Are we going to wait till it goes back up to a hundred thousand to buy it? No, we're going to ask our mama, our daddy, our cousin and them, they put some money in to buy that $60,000 house because it's at a huge discount. But we don't think about that as stocks. When it comes to a stock, we want to wait till things get better until it goes up to buy it again. It makes no sense, right? You want to sell high and buy low, not sell high, wait till it goes back up again and buy it at the same price. It makes no sense. So, uh, So I would strongly recommend if you have some coins, this is when you want to invest. Even if it goes down a little bit lower, because, again, historically, you're buying something at a very, very, very deep discount.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point, Mario, man. Because, you know, when I talk to especially young investors, they say, man, you know, you told me to get this stock. I got it, man. It's down $10 today. And I'm like, yeah, but it was up. It was up 200 is down to like 150 now, but it's still a buy. But a lot of young investors I see don't really get that. And then there's brothers then I know that, you know, they have the money, but they're like, ah, it's dropping. I don't believe in it.
2: Nah, that's the, that's the worst decision ever, man. And you just think about it, like investing. Um, if I had $100 five years ago in the stock market, the stock market darn near doubled, right? So if I had $100 up until last year, that $100 would have been $200. So $100 is $200. Now it goes down to 180 If I start with 100 and now I have 180 what have I lost? nothing (laughs) i started with 100 right but again just when it comes to stocks i I don't i don't understand and i see a lot in our community i have clients that are uh, different nationalities caucasian uh, hispanic and it is and again this is our community nothing right or wrong about it but like we just look at investing just differently um and uh and and that's why you know from our etf standpoint let be like we're hoping what we do when it comes to um you know, reducing the wealth gap, providing knowledge. Uh, so one of the things with our investment app is a lot of education there to kind of help you educate about the market before you invest. Like hopefully the stigma of us, you know, being scared to invest goes away because this is where you want to invest. You want to invest when things are down. Now, even last year when the market was up like crazy, it was still a great time to invest because five, 10 years from now, you're going to have more than what you started with. So invest. But um, but, but yeah, we, we, we got to gotta get over that, man. Like money... And wealth is being made from investing. Yes, you can make money off of real estate, but statistically, uh, not what we see on Instagram, not what we see on YouTube, not what we see on TikTok, but statistically, you make wealth by investing in the stock market, not by Bitcoin, not by opening up a Shopify store, you know what I'm saying? Not by doing Forex, not by day trading. 90% of day traders lose money. So for every one hundred people who day trade, ninety of them lose money. They don't put it on TikTok, but they do. It's long-term investing. Uh, that's it's that's the wave, man. Um. So, so yeah, we, we gotta we, we gotta invest, man. Invest and let be, and forget about it. Let it grow. You know what I'm saying? Think before a couple of years or a couple of months.
3: Yeah, actually, I did have a question. So this is uh, Kayla. Um. So my question is so. You said at the beginning of this year, uh, the market was the market has experienced like an all-time low, which you know is we know is temporary. Now, uh, uh, could you clarify? Because I think you said it, that at that time, uh, your investment strategy was actually um, to exit the market at that time and have some money in cash. What what was um, what were some other I guess the other uh, uh, cash vehicles or other things that you kind of parked your money in? Uh, while the market was down.
2: All right. So two different things going on, right? So we have our ETF and of course have my own investment firm, uh, Tones Financial. So with Tones Financial, of course, you know, we have clients in our ETF, but since I'm a fiduciary, you know, we we can't put everybody's eggs in one basket. Right. So, uh, so let's talk about my investment firm first. So with my investment firm, as we sorted out the market, you have different funds that are money market funds. Um, not promoting anything, but just for example, um, ICAS, ICSH, um SPSB, ULST, um, these are basically ETFs that are money markets. So um they're money market ETF. So again, the thought process is that the market's going down and you're in a money market where you're not losing any money from a stock standpoint, you're preserving your capital. So if I got a hundred thousand dollars and I and I have now that a hundred thousand dollars in a money market. If the market goes down by 20%, I don't lose $20,000. I still have $100,000. So why it's parked there, when the market's going down, we're preserving your capital, right? So then as the market turns around and we feel that it's a now higher chance of going up and not down, then at $100,000 in that money market that you had or that money market fund, will go back into the investments that we do. Um, So again, you're not starting at 80,000, like everybody else If the market's down by 20%, you still have your 100. So if the market goes up by 20%, your 100,000 goes up by 120, compared to everybody else making their money back. So now you're $20,000 richer. And then with compounding interest, right, now you're making money on top of your money, which is, you know, uh, I think Albert Einstein said the secret of investing is compounding interest because you're making money on your money. So uh, so that, that's what we did for, for our clients in my investment firm, Tone's Financial. When it comes to our ETF, and, our, and a great thing about the ETF as well, like, you know, saying we see people on TikTok, YouTube, kind of saying what they did, how to invest the money. Anytime you have a fund, it's public record. So you can you can go Google, Google the fund and go to the fact sheet, and it tells you how the money was invested, what it was invested in. Um, so, yeah, so as the market had its downturn, you know, we was in, um, in cash. <laughs> so again, if you're in cash, you know, you can't lose money if you're in cash. Now, of course we wasn't hundred percent in cash. Um, you know, we did have some in the market, but from performance standpoint, if we're down by six and the market's down by 25, I mean, that, that lets you know all you need to know right there. So, uh, so yeah, um, not to say that we get it right all the time. Not to say that anybody gets it right all the time, but definitely um, things that we have in place um, is allowing us to, you know, right now beat the market. And then as the market goes back up, then prayerfully, you know, we'll make a lot more um, than everybody else when the market gets back to where it was.
3: OK, thanks. And I also had just like a follow up question. So, you yeah. know, we know, that, we know that inflation is at, at record high rates right now. So mm-hmm. how is inflation impacting those strategies as well?
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, it's really not. Right. um, From an inflation standpoint, inflation is really uh, affecting people's pocketbooks more than anything. Uh, Well, let me take a step back. So, inflation, from a consumer standpoint, is hurting our pocketbook, right? $100 in a grocery store last year is now $109. That's real money. It it takes us more money to pay and buy for groceries than what it did. Uh, Inflation does hurt the stock price of a company, right? So, the value of a company. Is, is basically their stock, right? And the stock market is forward-looking. So the stock market is basically what they view the economy over the next 12 to 18 months is forward-looking. That's why, like, we had a recession in 2009, the market was up in 2009, right? We had a, a, a recession, actually, in 2020, we had a mini-recession. We had a recession in 2020, but the market was up, right? Because it's forward-looking. Um, but from a stock standpoint, if uh, if stocks have a a lower profit margin, right? If they have less profits because it costs them more to run their company, then that's going to hurt their stock. So if it hurts their stock, then yes, that might drive the stock market to have less growth than what it would have been. So um, so so I guess you can say yes, you know, with the market being down, some of that is due to inflation, but inflation is being, in my opinion. Uh, because um, only 34% of Americans invest in the stock market in general, which is crazy to think about, right? In our community, 12%, right? So we have all this, you know, um, generational wealth and watching all this TV and we all on Instagram and YouTube and looking at stuff, but only 12% of African-Americans actually invest, right? It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so from a consumer standpoint, I think inflation is hurting us more than from a stock standpoint.
3: appreciate that. Mario, right, I got a quick question, uh, Well, more of a comment, because you mentioned education and how we're not educating our people or our people are educating themselves. Right. So I'm looking at it from a foreign language standpoint. When I was a kid, I got exposed to Spanish and I speak Spanish pretty decently, but it was, I was exposed early. Right. So what can we do? Like, even if you are in the hood, we in the projects right now. Right. And. How can you educate your kids or is there a a book with basic terminology of financial terms that they can just start exposing themselves to right now? So it won't be so foreign to them. So they won't be scared to invest. I think they're scared sometimes because they just don't know what these words mean sometimes, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Financial literacy is huge. Um, so I know, um, rich dad, poor dad, like that's, that's, that's a great book, just about finances, uh, just about, um, education in general. Um, Anthony O'Neill, um, he, he used to be a part of, of Dave Ramsey, um, but like he caters towards the youth. Uh, he, he came out with a book a couple of years ago talking about and I forget the name of it, um, which is horrible because I read it. But uh, but yeah, I, but just Google Anthony O'Neill. He came out with a book a couple of years ago about debt financing, uh, getting your financing order from a younger person perspective, and 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 he's African American as well, so even better. You're getting it from his perspective. Um, so so the, the, those are two books um, that I would look at. Uh, for the younger, though, I, I would say, you know, use YouTube, use like growing up for me, what no YouTube, right? I, I just turned 40 this year. Like when I was 16, 17, it wasn't no YouTube. I mean, Facebook was just kind of, it was called the Facebook when I was in, in college, but it wasn't like it is now. Right? So uh, I would say, go go on YouTube, just type financial literacy. There's so many free classes that kind of gives you the basis of financial literacy. And you know, financial literacy is not, you know, I'm going to learn about finances and then I'm going to be a a, bil- a millionaire, billionaire. What financial literacy does do, it gives you the foundation of finances so that you can invest your money dumbly you don't you don't go and get into a scam you don't put all your money into into crypto i'm not anti-crypto again i own bitcoin i own ethereum so i'm not anti but not all my money though right so financial literacy allows you to kind of understand finances to the point that you don't make any mistakes you know you don't see a person pushing a nothing against anybody but pushing a real estate fund making 100 a year and you put ten thousand dollars into it lose all your darn money like if if you have financial literacy that's going to help you from making those mistakes um, so uh so
0: yeah. We also want to talk about real estate. You know, you said the stock market and the real estate's really big. I've had a ton of people on here talk about how big real estate is. So I'm gonna ask you this with the inflation, should I wait until October, November to buy a property or should I Buy the inflated price now.
2: <laughs> Is that rhetorical? <laughs> nah. So, um, so yeah. So, and we we have history, right? So history has a crazy way to repeat itself. So just look what happened in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Right, when a recession happened. The average, and it was a housing crisis. Now, we're nowhere near a housing crisis. Uh, we have things like um, legislation, uh, Dodd-Frank, that, that got passed in 2009, that we're not going to have a crash housing like we did in 2009. But you know, most houses went down by 35 to 40%. So if you look at it that way, things are going to go down. Real estate's actually peaked. Uh, April was like at the height of prices. Since April, it's went down for the last three months. If we have a recession, what's going to happen? People won't be able to afford the house anymore. So they're going to foreclose a short sale. Now you have more inventory, supply and demand. You have more supply, same amount of demand, things are going to go down. So and I have these conversations with clients almost on a day-to-day basis now, believe it or not, like, should I buy something? Should I wait? I'm telling people, I'm even myself, um, you know, we we, used, we used think about buying property in, a, in Dominican Republic. Literally, me and my wife was talking about it a few weeks ago. Like, um, I would strongly recommend a person wait at least six months, Six 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 months from now, uh, you know, your um house or complex or whatever you want to buy is going to be down in between 10 to 15, at least 10 to 15 percent. So if it's worth a hundred thousand dollars, you know, in six months it's gonna be worth ninety thousand, right? So, yes, I bought it at ten thousand dollars less. Doesn't seem like that much, but unless I'm buying cash, I'm getting a loan, right? Getting a Let's say five, even though 5% is high, right? Not right now inflation, but historically that's high. It's usually about three and a half percent. a $100,000, 5000 a year, that's $5,000. $5,000 over 30 years is $150,000 of interest we have to pay. Now, yes, we get to write that off, right? Depending on how we do our taxes, but it's still $150,000 compared to $90,000. $90,000 at 5% is a lot less. It's not $5,000, it's 4,500 we're 4,500. Now we're not at 150. We're basically at compound interest about 125,000. So it's 10,000 now, right? But that's $25,000 that we saved. So that, that $25,000, you think about over 30 years, we was able to invest that. With compound interest, you're looking at over $100,000 of at least $100,000 of growth. So you know, I saved myself $25,000. Uh, then I made an additional $100,000 investing that money. So long story short, um, I would definitely say, yes, we want to wait uh, until the end of the year, if not into next year, because right, we're technically, we're in a recession right now. First quarter was negative, Second quarter was negative. So if we have another negative quarter, you know, we're going to, we're going to see this push out until early to mid next year. So, um, so I would, I would strongly recommend wait. Now, if I got kicked out my house and, you know, I can't do anything, then that's different. But, it, but if you have some time, and you don't have to rush into it, I would definitely say wait till at least the end of the year because you're going to get at a lower price
0: than what it is today. And for the brothers out there that say, listen, man, I don't want to buy a house. I'm good. I just want to rent and spend all my money on the stock market. What's the tip for that?
2: I keep it real because I spent four years in the military. It's keep it simple, stupid. You always want to be truthful. Like um, I am big on ownership, right? Um, Ownership is huge. If I pay rent, and I'm paying $2,000, that's $24,000 a year. That $24,000 a year over 10 years is $240,000 I've thrown away. I get nothing, nothing out of it compared to if it was to a mortgage. I have equity. If I sell it, I get that money back in some way or form. So I would, and then that's just throwing away money. That does include taxes, right? If again, using that $5,000, if I'm paying interest of $5,000 over 30 years, that's $150,000 of write-offs. So that means the federal government, I'm getting money back from the federal government. We're not paying as much in taxes because of me owning the house. So I would never tell a person to rent and then put all them in the stock market, right? So uh, we want you to have home ownership. Now, if your credit is bad and things of that nature, we want to save. We have some strategies that we can kind of help you kind of grow to get to that point. But just the, the surface is being as transparent as possible. Like I'm big on home ownership. Now, if you cannot have home ownership for whatever reason, then yes, you want to invest. Um, Before you invest, though, you want to make sure you have things in order. If you have a 401k, you want to make sure that you um, are doing what your company matches. If they match 5% of your salary and you're doing 1%, you're killing yourself. If I make 100 grand, my company's giving me $5,000 a year, but I'm only doing 1%. So that's that's $4,000 they're not giving me. Over 10 years, that's $40,000. 20 years, it's $80,000. With compounding interest, that $80,000 could be about $240,000 in the market over 20 years. A Free money. It's free that they are giving us. So before you do any outside investing, I would say, first, you want to make sure you do what your company matches. Uh, you want to make sure you have emergency fund. It's Dave Ramsey in me now. Uh, you want to have emergency fund uh, where you have uh, at least three months of your expenses because you don't want to invest in January, The market goes down. Now you need to pull money out of your investment account. And now it's worth less than what it was before. You know, that's a double-edged sword. We're taking money out, which is a no-no. And we're taking out a lower price, which is a double no-no. So we want to make sure we have at least three months of expenses in our savings account before we do anything from an investment standpoint. Uh, so, well, uh, so yeah. And again, I ain't throwing shots at anybody who who rent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I rented me before I bought my house, uh, years ago. So, um, it's just that for my ownership, especially in our community, like, like ownership is just huge. Like a lot of different, um, cultures, you know, they preach ownership. They do ownership. Um, in the next five years, there's going to be more Hispanics owning than we do. And we've been here a lot longer than Hispanics, just because the thought process of ownership in our community just has not been where it is now. It's a lot of reasons why uh, redlining, of course, uh, Jim Crow, um, how the uh, the whole federal loan pro- process has not been uh, helpful to us. So it's a lot of things that we could not control. But definitely, if we have the chance and a wherewithal, you know, home ownership is the way to go.
3: Yeah, I got one last question before we get out of here. Since says we got the expert on the line. Some of the uh, guests that Corey has up here has prompted me to start reading more, right? Yes. Start educating myself. So reading this book right here, it's about tax-free wealth, right? Yeah. And, you know, I haven't really had that amount of money to learn how to build wealth by lowering my taxes permanently. But are there any things, uh, I think buying a house and investing is one of them, but do you have any tips on how to possibly lowered your uh, taxes permanently that you could talk about?
2: Yes. That's a great question. Uh, everybody's situation is different. So first off you want to max out your retirement. Are you a business owner or are you a W two employee?
3: Both. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, so for a business owner, um, specifically you can do what you call a, a solo 401k. If you have more than three employees, you can do a 401k or you can do a step IRA. So, uh, with the SEP, we'll talk about the SEP IRA at first. We have a simple and a SEP IRA. Simple IRA, you can do up to 17th hour a year. A SEP IRA, you can do 25% of your salary up to 53 grand. So, literally, if, if I'm making you know, 300 grand through my business, that's $52,000 I'm able to write off right then and there. So, my income is not 300,000, it's 250. That helps dramatically, right? Um, also, with your employees, you can do up to 25% in theirs as well. So, so again, when you contribute to your employees, then, uh, it's also a tax write off health insurance. Uh, like for, for my, I have a staff, I have, you know, I have employees who work for me. Of course, I pay for everybody's health insurance, right? So their health insurance, hundred percent write off for me. So, uh, their, their health insurance, I'm a great boss because of it, of course, but then since I'm paying for the health insurance, I get to write that off as well. So that, that's, that's another thing, um, that I do, uh, of course, home ownership. Right. So, of course, if you have a, um, if you, you know, some people want to pay off their house, again, me and Dave Ramsey, I never talked to him personally, but, you know, the whole Dave Ramsey method, that's one thing that, that you know, um, I sometimes recommend different, that you not pay off your house, that, that you kind of get that, that tax write off and build wealth by investing. Right. So uh, so if you have a, uh, a house, and of course, you're able to write off that interest. So those are some, some some things that you can do. Uh, if you're an employee, um, a little bit different because you're an employee, you can't work around like a business owner, but you can max out your 401k. Um, you know, if you uh, are over the age 50, you can actually do more in your 401k as well because you have a catch up at 50. Um, so it, it, is, it is things you can do. It, also, if you're a business owner, uh, you can do a 401k profit sharing. Uh, so I used to sep IRA now now we do a 401 k profit sharing so the 401k uh, I'm able to you know kind of do the max 401 k put stuff for my employees but then I have a profit share so now the profit share I get to defer more money uh, so when I defer more money uh, so some of the profits I get to defer my staff I get to prefer uh, my, my wife you know um, you know she's you know she's an employee as well um, so we get to defer all that so um, so as a business owner it's a lot more you um, expenses that you can have that you can that you can write off compared to um i'm not gonna say regular but compared to
3: you know a regular w-2 employee okay thanks for those tips man. i appreciate it but nah man
2: so uh so I'm, I'm just here to help man so um so my socials uh so our website is www.tomsfinancial so t-o-a-m-s financial.com uh, my instagram is at tomes financial my twitter at tomes financial my linkedin tomes financial uh, my business Facebook, Tones Financial, uh, my, uh, my YouTube, Tones Financial. And then like the, the funny side of me, like the comedic side, I have a TikTok. Uh, it's uh, called Painful Profits. So I do videos about different stocks but with, like, a, with a comedic twist to it. Uh, and then also our, our YouTube is Painful Profits as well. I actually, uh, I'm actually shooting a, a financial show, which is pretty cool. Um, and that's gonna be on our YouTube uh, page, Painful Profits. So it's gonna be a, um, a show just about finances. Um, so pretty cool. But yeah, man, just uh, look, look me up, uh, at me. You know, saying comment if you have any questions. You know, we're definitely here to help. Uh, it's me. I have two other financial advisors who work you know for me in my practice. We have a full staff. I have a dedicated financial coach. So if you guys have investment questions, need help with your investment portfolio, uh, you know, definitely here to help. If we can't help, we can definitely point you in the right direction. And then definitely uh, look us up. Let be our ETF, man. Um, Kind of what we're doing from an investment standpoint is pretty cool.
1: What do
0: I need a certified financial planner for? You know, I know how to count my money. I don't need a financial advisor. I don't need an accountant. But now you bring in a certified financial planner. And why do why do I need a certified financial planner? And as a black man, what can you do for me?
2: So he or she, because it's also African-American female certified financial planner. So if you want one closer to you, if you're like in California, it's some out there. So just not just me, but he or she will be able to help you financially. Like it's so much that we got going on finances wise, so much we got going on, we have no idea, but he or she's going to be able to break things down, do a financial plan, do a budget, identify how you're spending your money, uh, identify not how you spend your money, but identify ways to help you with your spending help you find money that you're spending that can be used to go somewhere else, which over time will help you grow your money. And if your money grows and you have more money in two, three, five years than what you have now, I think is well worth that service that he or she provides.
0: So, Hey, Mario Payne, I hope you enjoyed the black man Sunday experience, man. You had a good time.
2: Oh yeah. Good, man. It's good. Always good to talk to like-minded people, man. Never had a good time. Uh, I'm an open book too. So hopefully, I, uh, ain't talk too much but i always like like the worst question is the one not asked and the less information is the worst so definitely uh, because i've been blessed for this 15 years because of kind of what i do for a living how i've been to help people you know whatever i can do from an expertise standpoint i'm an open book i'm definitely here to help so and again uh the podcast man congratulations to all y'all growth man it's great to see our brothers, our black men on Sundays having conversations. So again, congrats on everything that you guys done. If you guys have any questions, you know, we're always one phone call away.
3: Check. Check.